Hello and welcome to this month's episode, Conversations with Friends, a special series I'm doing on choosing happily ever after for this summer. And hopefully you haven't missed any of the previous episodes. If you have, I encourage you to go back and take a listen. Um, but not before you listen to this, because this month has one of my most favorite people in the world. Um, my friend, Joanna, who really has become part of our family and feels more like family than friend in many ways, um, is someone who the Lord has given to Jamie and I as a gift. <laughs> I know that the Lord loves us because he put Joanna into our lives and she has impacted our whole family and we are all better people because of her. Um, if you are a part of the house, chances are that you have been impacted by her as well and you just may not realize it. She started a number of years ago actually as my assistant, but she has touched almost every department um, at the house and she makes things better. <laughs> she makes things more beautiful. She has worked to elevate many departments to bring stability and to bring excellence. And it has been such a joy to watch. She's grown over the last several years and as the things that she's put her hands to have flourished because of it. But beyond just her being a part of the church, <laughs> she is just an amazing human to know. She is incredibly beautiful, both on the inside and the outside. She lives life with integrity. She is incredibly kind. She faithfully loves the Lord. She is strong and determined and you know, really, I could go on and on because I can't think of enough good things to say about her, and I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> so I want to invite you to open your heart this month to hear, because I think that as you hear our conversation, you might be challenged a little, but you're also going to be deeply impacted by Joanna's integrity and by her, the way that she pursues the Lord in every area of life and in her daily life. And I think as you open your heart, you're going to be strengthened and encouraged, and it's going to deeply impact your life and your walk and the way that you pursue the Lord as well. So buckle in <laughs> and get ready and enjoy this month's Conversations with Friends with my good friend, Joanna. Hello and welcome to Choosing Happily Ever After. This is a special episode, Conversations with Friends. And I have the privilege of introducing you to our guest today, and this is Joanna Neitzel. And Joanna is someone who I consider really part of my family, and I'm so excited if you don't know her to introduce her to you, and if you do, you already know that you're in for a treat. But I always forget how long we've known each other. When did you come to the house? I think I first visited in... 2011, <laughs> somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> so Joanna grew up in Austin, Minnesota and spent some time out at Reading. I'm not going to give her a whole life story. Don't worry, I'll let her do that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when she started working at the house, she still lived in Austin and she would drive like a billion miles to get in to work and we lived uh, my family and I lived in Belle Plaine at the time and she would drive a billion miles to get to <laughs> Belle Plaine but she would stay at our house sometimes when she was working and so she just kind of got adopted into our family 
And one of my daughters just the other day said that Joanna was one of her favorite people. And I'm not going to go through the list, but she she put her next to someone on her list of favorites that I'm not even sure that I'm (laughs) next to. Um, But that just gives you a little taste that Joanna is loved by many people of all ages. And it's because she has a kind and sincere heart. She's super talented. She has faithfully walked with the Lord for so many years. And when you're around her, you just are better off because of her. So I want to thank her for coming. I'm going to ask her just a few questions so you guys can get to know a little bit more about her. And then we'll introduce the main topic we're going to be jumping into in a little bit. But before we begin, I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell our listeners, a little bit about yourself. So you come from a larger family. <laughs> so do you want to tell us a little bit about your family and just what it was like growing up in, in your family? Yeah, so I am the eighth of 12 kids. Enormous. <laughs> um, there are six boys and six girls in our family, so we kept it kept it even. There were a few tie makers, tie breakers. I was a tie maker. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we grew up in a a cozy uh, three bedroom house. <laughs> so there was a boy's bedroom, a girl's bedroom, and a parents the parents' room in the middle. So yes, lots of close living with other people <laughs> and uh, learning to do life. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. When I found out I was pregnant with my eighth, which you know, the Lord had pre-warned me. I don't know if warn is the right word, but before that we thought we were done. But um, Joanna said to me, you know, I'm the eighth. I think eight's a pretty good number. And it actually made me like, oh, like, okay, we should have an eighth. That's good. Like we wouldn't want to not allow our family to have an eighth. So, so that was a lot of fun for me. Um, after you grew up, you went out to Bethel for a little while. So what made you decide to do that? So I was born and raised into a Christian family. and I gave my life to the Lord at age five um, and had had a lot of encounters with the Lord. And when I was, I think I was probably like 12, Bill Johnson came to uh, speak at a church uh, in the area. I was in Rochester. And I remember him talking about his encounters with the Lord and like, it just like impacting me so deeply like wow like yeah just his his relationship with the lord and his like encounter and just being really hungry for that and then i remember him talking about how they had these students that were like going out and like seeing people healed and you know like walking in the stuff like new testament you know stuff and and i remember uh just thinking like i always kn- I believed that that stuff was true, that healing was for today, but I didn't have a lot of like practical experience. And so I was just like, when I'm old enough, I want to do that. Yeah. And I ended up doing post-secondary, but right before I started that, I went out on a missions trip to Brazil. It was like a Bill Johnson, Randy Clark kind of crusade. And that was where I witnessed the first miracle I'd ever seen. It was like the first night and we were praying for healing and like this, like the very first woman that came up for prayer was like, you know, through the translator said that she had a cyst on her breast 
And I was like, oh, good. <laughs> like, an easy one. <laughs> and I just remember, like, thinking, like, I just had no, I did not feel any faith <laughs> at all. Like, and yeah. it was just like, okay, Lord, help. And I just, you know, like, laid my hand on her and, you know, said some really simple prayer. Yeah. And she just kind of like felt around and she's like, yep, it's gone. And I was like, what? (laughs) And she looked like, I mean, obviously she came with faith (laughs) and and was like not surprised at all. But I, I mean, that experience, I mean, there was like many other healings that I experienced, but I was like, okay, when I'm finished with post-secondary, like I, I want to explore more of this. And so went out to Bethel, age 18. (laughs) finally had my own room. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did hear that story from one of your old roommates that you had the room the size of a closet, (laughs) but that you were like so excited about it. So (laughs) it was glorious. (laughs) (laughs) Things that only children of larger families can understand. So was it a hard transition for you when you came back to Minnesota after being out at Reading and being able to fully kind of submersed into that culture and kind of life Mm -hmm. yeah it definitely (laughs) was I mean it's it's kind of I think any kind of intensive experience like that is like you're kind of in a bubble like where it's there's like so much growth and excitement and you're like not working and you're just like fully submerged in this experience And then when you like all of a sudden you're like going to a job every day and like relationships, you know, are are a little bit different when you're like people from all over the world have come to like pursue this thing together. And then you go all, you know, go back all over the world and suddenly like this community that you've had this deep experience with, you're kind of having to start over. And so when I first moved back, it was like kind of trying to find community and yeah. the those kind of like like-minded people that were like pursuing the Lord and um was a little bit of a journey uh and that's actually what ended up bringing me to the house was yeah. a friend of mine the roommate that I lived with she yeah. had started coming to the house and she was like you know you got to check out this church and I'm like it's an hour and a half <laughs> of drive <laughs> and it, it took a little while but like you know I eventually started you know driving up and I would kind of crash at her house and Saturday night services sometimes but it was like oh my gosh like just being in a community that was like pursuing the Lord and just like yes we're just taking you know as a fact that like that prophecy is real and that healing is real and just finding that community was was so incredible yeah well and it was a blessing for us obviously you coming back (laughs) (laughs) even as you had to transition um when joanna first came on staff she was my assistant and i know that the lord loves me (laughs) because he gives me the best assistants like they're just mind-blowingly amazing and now she is in our communications department she runs our communications department and also like does so many other things for the church. If there's anything you appreciate about the house, Joanna either has her hands in it now or at one time probably did because she has contributed to pretty much every department and helped really to make it what it is. So it's been a blessing for us for so many reasons that you didn't stay in sunny California, (laughs) but that instead you came to a place 
where it snows in April, <laughs> which is when we're recording this, by the way, I know it'll air later, but that's why we're in sweaters <laughs> because it's Easter week and so it's cold. <laughs> but we recently had a conversation and I actually think just what we talked about is the perfect segue because one of the things that I really admire about you is the consistency of your walk because you don't just like you're not content with just knowing about the Lord or even like knowing him a little bit, but you're actually, you faithfully walk with him every day and you, you know, your experience of Bethel and then coming out of it and learning how to continue to not have that exact same experience, but to walk with the Lord in everyday life in a greater measure. I think that's so important and so inspiring. But we recently had a conversation around kind of the refinement of the Lord. <laughs> and <So far>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And just the the choices in daily life to live according to his ways or to allow him to kind of come and bring, you know, alignment and correction and all of those like you said, fun things, <laughs> but consistency of character and who we are, you know, when we're at home and there's no one else around and it's not a Sunday service is so important. And so can you just share a little bit about the journey that you've been on recently, just in that area, like what the Lord's been doing or what you've been learning in refinement and daily life? I mean, there's a verse that talks about how like discipline for the moment is not <laughs> enjoyable, but rather painful. <laughs> but yes. once you've gone through the process, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Yeah. And I feel like walking with the Lord, it's like sometimes the process is like messy and painful. So just like one sort of practical yeah. example of what this process has looked like <laughs> is like I probably several years ago was told I needed to get a filling and I didn't do it and I was like I have had other cavities that kind of just went away and I was like I'm just gonna like see if that happens again and I'm just gonna ignore it because I don't love going to the dentist and and then the next time I went there was like a few more (laughs) and they were like you know these aren't like a huge concern but you really should get the one taken care of and anyway Just realizing that sometimes like stuff in our lives that might start out small, when the Lord like highlights it, it's a lot easier to take care of it when he highlights it before it becomes like this thing that's actually like bringing decay and then, you know, starting to have pain and like, oh my gosh, like this is actually something that I need to take care of. And so even though going to the dentist is not enjoyable, <laughs> and I still didn't particularly enjoy the experience, yeah. it was kind of like an analogy for other areas in my life. The Lord's like, yes, this isn't a fun process, but actually dealing with it and taking care of it, yeah. now you don't have to worry about it becoming a root canal. <laughs> Which is, yeah, I just feel like there's been kind of a lot of analogies in that process of like, the Lord just highlighting things and then being like, okay. I feel like too, when he highlights stuff, like there's also the grace Mm -hmm. to actually deal with it. Like it's not like a shame thing or condemnation, but it's like, let's deal with this so that you can actually go from glory to glory. That's good. And I'm also making a mental note 
to make a dentist appointment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if any of the rest of you are doing Take that too, it. but I'm like, oh yeah, the kids and I are all due for our dentist appointment. So I'll do that when I get home. <laughs> but it's so true what you're saying, and it's so good. When you talk about the Lord highlighting something, how does that normally happen? Obviously, you can do it in lots of ways, but you know, for someone who maybe isn't used to hearing the Lord's voice or they're just learning that process, what is that experience like? How do you know the Lord's pointing something out? I feel like often it happens when I'm reading scripture. Yeah. The Bible says that his word is a double-edged sword. And I remember Bill Johnson talking about one time that like really hit me. He was talking about how like the word of the Lord says that it divides between like what's soul and what's spirit and like actually stepping into the sword of the Lord, like letting it refine you, letting it cut you deeply and not just kind of brushing over the hard portions of scripture, but like letting him bring conviction and actually inviting it. You know, David prayed, you know, equip me of, of hidden sin, like keep me from presumptuous sin. And I think just being in that process of not dirt digging, because I think if you go looking for character (laughs) flaws, you will find them. (laughs) And it's generally not helpful to go on that journey yourself. But just like daily being like yielding to the Holy Spirit, like saying, Lord, if there is something, if there is a way that's leading to pain, the Lord's prayer, like keep me from evil. Like if there is a way in me that is not of you and isn't leading to life, I'm actually inviting you to address that. Yeah. And he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he'll he'll bring conviction, but then it's also the grace, you know, yeah. like the fruits of the spirit. It's not like something we conjure up, yeah. but like when we're actually walking yielded, I feel like then, you know, he actually gives us the grace to grow in those areas. Yeah. I remember years and years ago now, but Jamie actually in one of the sermons, he shared about just a journey he was on and how the Lord, there was something in his life that was bothering him. And the Lord told him, don't worry about that. Mm -hmm. And he was like, but Lord, you know, and the Lord was like, don't worry about that. And then he realized like that the Lord was dealing with, like this was an issue, but there was a root cause And like the Lord was dealing with it in a different way. Like, let me heal these things. Let me bring you through the refinement of these things. And this thing's going to be taken care of, you know. And when he shared that, it's funny because, of course, I live with him. We talk like I see things. But sometimes it's in his sermons when I'm like, oh, (laughs) that's so good, (laughs) you know. But it gave me permission then. I hadn't realized how much dirt digging I did where I would like, you know, I, I kind of come from the, my background. I don't know why, cause nobody taught me this, but I used to come into every worship service, like looking for dirt. Like I can't go before the Lord until I look and confess everything, you know, whatever. And if you do that, knock it off. Like <laughs> that's not, that's not what that moment of worship's for. The Lord's going to bring stuff up to you, but just you're free to go before him. So do that. But it allowed so much freedom in my life, and I realized that the Lord is so masterful at freeing us from sin because he's not okay with sin, but he knows how to heal us. He knows how to, you know, bring us to the repentance that will actually lead to freedom. 
And so I just, I love that you said, don't look for dirt, but allow him to speak and to bring conviction because when he does it, he does it in such a masterful way that you don't end up confessing the same thing every week. I remember having like an accountability partner in college and we would basically get together and just confess the same thing <laughs> so like <laughs> over and over again, which I don't think is how accountability partners are supposed to work. But we were sincere. We were trying, you know, but I don't think we had actually invited the Lord into the process. And there's such a difference when you let him lead it and when you genuinely and sincerely are vulnerable and try to put into practice what he convicts you of. How have you experienced kind of your daily life impacting, you know, like the little daily choices impacting your life in a greater way or in who you are? I don't know if that's a clear question. What I'm trying to get at is that sometimes it feels like our little choices don't matter, Mm -hmm. but I feel like our little choices often are more important than our big ones. So have you experienced that in your life or where maybe there's been little areas where you've chosen to follow the Lord and it's actually brought something bigger than what you saw in the little? Yeah, for sure. I feel like following his voice often looks like that, where he's like highlighting something and you're like, that doesn't feel like it really matters. But ultimately, that could be like the foundation of what actually matters I don't know if this exactly answers your question, but, you know, I was saved really young, but I remember having this, like, just burning desire to serve the Lord. Like, I had a real encounter. Like, I experienced his love and his peace, and it was like, this is the best thing ever. Like, there is no other thing. But I just didn't, you know, I was a young child, and, like, obviously the Bible is complex and there's all these big sort of ideas of like faith and trying to wrap your head around like what do these things mean how do I actually live my life and I distinctly remember we were having bible study one morning and my mom was reading first corinthians 13 the love chapter and I just remember it hitting me because it was like you know if you have faith that can move mountains if you can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, but you don't have love, none of it matters. And I remember just thinking like, oh, like, I feel like that I can do. I don't have to figure out all the stuff of what kingdom life looks like. Like if I get this one thing, and I mean, that's what Jesus said too, love the Lord, love your neighbor. And that sums up the law and the prophets. And so I think when it comes to like, the small choices, I think that the seasons that I've been like, okay, am I actually walking in love in this? Like sometimes that can look really small and insignificant, but those are actually the things that are the most significant. Yeah, that is so good. I'm just having a little moment (laughs) myself (laughs) because I do think that it's so easy to go after the things and miss the most important things, you know? And I I think sometimes we're gonna be surprised when we get to the other side of eternity, when we see what things actually mattered, mm-hmm. like what, what we do here, what are the things that actually carries weight in the heavenly places? What are mm-hmm. the things that are the treasure that we're gonna be keeping 
Yep. You know, and I think sometimes the the big things that we think are so important, we're going to find out really weren't mm-hmm. <laughs> important. And the small little things that were motivated by love, mm-hmm. that were connected to heaven, that those are going to have great weight in eternity. Yeah. It just can be so difficult to remember that here i think some of it though is that even though big things can require like leaps of faith or things like that in so many ways they're actually easier Mm -hmm. because they're temporary most of the time like you just have to like gear yourself up for this big thing and then the things like actually genuinely learning how to love (laughs) like those are the things that actually it comes about because of the small moments in our life It comes about by how we treat other people. It comes about what are we carrying in our heart? How are we thinking towards people like through our prayer life? With that in mind, do you have any tips or words of encouragement for people who are sincerely wanting to be following the Lord and to be developing godly character? Just because the process can be difficult. (laughs) It's not always comfortable. Do you have any tips in just encouraging them in that or how to go about doing that because I think most people that are going to be listening to this for sure are sincere in wanting to follow the Lord so so what kind of sustains you and keeps you going in those moments when no one else is around all my questions are really like 12 questions in one (laughs) so just (laughs) answer whichever part of that you feel (laughs) I mean I feel like it comes down to that you're not following a rule book. It actually is a relationship. And like Jesus communed with the Father on a daily basis. I mean, I for sure have not. (laughs) I am still in this process of learning like what it, like actually just walking with the Lord, but like having an eternal perspective, realizing that that the Lord is actually with you, that you're actually walking together on a daily basis. And so checking in... (laughs) Checking in with him matters and like asking his opinion and inviting him into your day. And I mean, for sure, there have been seasons where that's been much more difficult or where, you know, you get busy and distracted. And but I think, yeah, just like coming back and like actually just having a quiet time and journaling. And when as he's speaking or highlighting things in the scriptures like actually taking action on them quickly I think there were like seasons in my life where it was like the Lord would speak and I'd be like that's like amazing (laughs) revelation and I'd you know write it in my journal and then do nothing about it and you know Jesus gives that parable about like the two houses you know the one that's built on the rock and the one that's built on the sand and he said the one that's built on the rock is the one that hears the word and and like does it, like puts it into practice, and that the storm came to both houses, you know, life happens to everybody, but the one that was built on the rock is like the one that actually like put it into practice, and so I have no idea if that answered your question. No, (laughs) I I think it does. That's so good. I listened to a podcast recently by Donald Miller, who podcast called Business Made Simple, But he shared, I think he got it from Stephen Covey, but he shared how he reads his eulogy every morning. Like he wrote what he, or not his eulogy, but his obituary. Mm -hmm. He wrote it out and he reads it every morning to remind him of who he's trying to be 
And I thought that's so powerful because when I think about how I want to be remembered, the legacy I want to leave behind me, you know, most of it is small things. Like I want my kids to feel like I really loved them, that I was their biggest cheerleader, you know, and that's not going to happen through big things. That's going to be how I treat them in daily life you know, how we walk through life together. And, you know, when I just think about who I want to be and, you know, even in my relationship with the Lord, you know, that's the things that's formed (laughs) in the daily choices, not the big things. And I was kind of taken aback because I had gone through a similar process. I didn't actually write out my obituary, but where I had been considering, you know, like the end from the beginning trying to, you know, and I'd realized there was not a lot of big things that I wanted to accomplish in my life. I wanted to be a loving person. Like I wanted people to feel like their life was better because I was in it, you know? And when I saw that, I think it did change the way I lived in my daily life because it changed my priorities from trying to get something done to who I'm going to be and how I'm going to treat people. So I think that is like so powerful. And just the, I have the journals filled with stuff too. <laughs> like what? Ooh, that was so exciting in the moment, you know, but what does it mean now? And so I don't always do this, but I try when I spend time with the Lord, I try to go, okay, Lord, what does this mean to me right now? Mm-hmm. And actually get some sort of practical thing so that I don't just walk away going, well, that's a cool story but that I walk away going, okay, this is how this impacts who I am. And so I love that. I do have a couple other questions that I wanted to ask you. Um, And one of them is this, if you had any advice for your younger self, (laughs) (laughs) what would it be? You don't have to go through the whole list. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think the biggest thing is kind of this perspective shift of like what really matters so I think I would tell myself, slow down. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I think especially when you're younger, there's all this zeal and ambition. And a lot of it is muddled with selfish ambition yeah. that is like woven in with like, I'm doing, I want to do this for you, Lord. <laughs> yeah. But really, like, I just want to have a really amazing life <laughs> yeah. and I want my dreams to come true. And I think in that, there's a lot of burnout. Yeah, there's just a lot of things that you don't need to go through. <laughs> yeah. If if you just, like, lay down your ambition and, like, actually follow his voice and, like, trust that he actually has you in a good process. He actually is a good shepherd in leading you. And even, you know, if you get a prophetic word and it doesn't happen tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't mean that, yeah. that it wasn't a real word, like, there yeah. actually is process involved. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, to just trust the Lord in the process. Yeah, that's good. I remember the Lord giving me permission to have dreams that weren't spiritual mm-hmm. because, you know, like I used to dream about doing missions around the world. And then one day I realized I really just wanted to travel. (laughs) You know, that someday, I mean, my life took a different direction than I expected because I didn't expect, you know, to get married young. I didn't expect after I was married to have all these children, you know, and it's wonderful and amazing. I wasn't expecting to be 
you know, a senior leader of a church or, you know, all of these things, which are amazing. But so my dreams changed. But I remember distinctly, like, I love traveling. I love experiencing different cultures and meeting people and trying different foods and, you know, just all of that stuff. And so I used to feel like it had to be in the framework of, you know, someday when the kids are older, I'm going to go on the mission trips, like with THSM or like different stuff, you know. And then I realized, like, I just want to go sit on the beach somewhere. (laughs) I want to go and I want to try the food and I want to see the sights. And I hope that, you know, I have the opportunity to tangibly share Jesus with people as I go. But just knowing that it was okay for me to travel and like that and not having to find a spiritual reason to do it. I think was a big breakthrough for me. And even though it may not seem like it, it was a breakthrough for my character because it allowed me to be more honest and authentic and be okay with like, hey, I can like things and I can have passions and it doesn't all have to be spiritual in nature because everything that I touch gets to be spiritual because the Holy Spirit is in me. Jesus is with me, you know, and so I think it gave me personally the freedom to not have to be a dual personality so much, but just to really be okay with who I am. But with that said, I've discovered as I've gotten older, you know, that the words of Paul, I think of them often because they comfort me. You know, when you think of the Apostle Paul, he was an amazing person. (laughs) He did a lot of good things in his life, (laughs) right? And as he is going and he is establishing the church and he's had these dramatic encounters with the Lord, you know, he says that he's like the greatest of sinners, but that the Lord's grace was shown to him, you know, so that it could be displayed for other people And that gives me so much peace and comfort because I feel like as I've gotten older, I've gotten better. (laughs) You know, I walk more closely with the Lord. He's cleaned up so much of my life. But I feel like I'm more aware of sin in my life as well, like that I'm not there yet, that I haven't arrived. I look at how faithful he's been to me, and, and I know that I still have a long way to go. But there isn't any, it doesn't threaten me anymore because I'm so confident in his goodness, because I see what he's done, and I know he's going to be faithful to bring me to completion, so I don't carry the shame of it anymore. But with all of that said, growth is messy, (laughs) and it's not comfortable, and it requires a lot of vulnerability personally with the Lord, but also with other people too. So how do you find peace in the midst of the messy process? (laughs) Great question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I feel like what you said about like vulnerability is super key. I heard this phrase, uh, a few years back, like honest with myself, honest with God, honest with others. And I think just the. I can't remember the reference, but where, you know, it talks about in the Bible where it says, like, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, then you have fellowship with one another and, like, the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all sin. And so I think there's something about walking authentically, not brushing over, like, everything's fine, but just being authentic first with yourself. 
okay, this is a struggle mm-hmm. or like it was yeah. a rough day or a rough month or what, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, and just yeah. being honest with your own emotions, with your own process and just like owning that, not, yeah. not staying there, but just like yeah. being real with like, this is where I'm at and, yeah. and not hiding that from other people, you know? And yeah. I think, I feel like it's an area where when you're in process, it's so easy to want to hide I don't want to let on, especially I feel like in Christian communities, because yeah. it's like, I I should be perfect. Like, I'm yeah. a Christian. I shouldn't yeah. have a day where I feel, like, sad or frustrated yeah. or angry or whatever. And just realizing that that's, <laughs> you know, that is, we are human. And, like, yeah. we have emotion yeah. and we go through process and it's messy. Like, even the disciples, yeah. <laughs> I mean, clearly... There's not a single character in the Bible that didn't have somewhat of a messy process. I mean, even Paul, you know, you talk about, like, he literally was killing Christians (laughs) before his conversion. And I mean, I'm sure that his process, even just like joining the church and relationships, like there was mess involved. But anyway, I just think there's something really important in just being authentic with yourself, authentic with others, like, hey, here's where I'm at <laughs> yeah. and this is the real me. And, yeah. and then obviously honest with God too. Like he already knows you're in process, but like sometimes yeah. I can get the idea. I, I don't know, like as if he does, he doesn't yeah. see the mess <laughs> that's going on. Like as if he, d- he yeah. isn't fully aware of the layers yeah. of things going on. And like, yeah. he doesn't know you threw all your stuff in the yeah. guest bedroom <laughs> and just closed the yeah. door. Like, like, yeah. Come on in, Jesus, <laughs> to this clean room that I tidied yeah. <laughs> just before you got here. Yeah. What do you, role, if any, do you think that community plays in this journey, in your own personal journey? How important is community and kind of letting people in mm-hmm. on the process? Very important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes because I value like the power of words, sometimes even just like verbally processing has been a really hard thing for me because I'm like, I don't want to speak out Mm -hmm. something that's negative or, you know, whatever. And I mean, there were several years where it was like, I was honestly like struggling with depression, but I was so far removed. I wasn't being honest with myself. And so far removed from my emotions and my like I'd shut down my own voice so much that it was like my emotions stopped talking to me (laughs) and so it was like wow there's something festering down there but I have no I don't feel like I even have access to it and I feel like sometimes when I've had the opportunity to like I mean there, there was a specific moment a few years ago where I was having some meetings with like a spiritual mentor And I just was like, kind of at the point where I'm like, I like something feels like it's a volcano. And if I don't like, it's going to pop out somewhere, you know? And so I just, in one of these times, I just started sharing and I was completely shocked at what came out. And I was like, I mean, I literally kind of felt like I emotionally like vomited. (laughs) (laughs) Like, And I was like, I'm really sorry. (laughs) But it was like, oh, like that's actually what's going on in me. And so sometimes I feel like it, like it's important to have people in your yeah. life to be a sounding board because sometimes you don't even have yeah. necessarily access to what's going on in you until it like comes out. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, and then you can deal with it. Not as 
I mean, it's kind of gross and messy sometimes, but it's not as um, when it's still in you and it's buried and it's hidden and just festering. It's a lot harder to (laughs) to deal with. No, I appreciate, you know, there's been a big push just in the world recently about mental health, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think, unfortunately, when you try to find the answers inside yourself or in self-help books or even in other people, like, you know, it's going to fall short. Mm -hmm. But I really appreciate the heart behind it. And it's one thing I want to see more openly celebrated and accepted in Christian circles and churches, Mm -hmm. too, is the process and the support of each other in the process, but also even going to a therapist, Mm -hmm. you know, like a Christian one, you know, find a good one (laughs) because there are some that are going to just make things worse. But it can be so helpful, like you said, to have somebody to just even be able to process with. I, you know, thankfully, I get to have that to a large extent in my marriage. I remember, though, several years ago now, but Jamie saying to me, it's okay for you to be messy. You know, like the Lord was doing stuff in my life and he was bringing me to places of conviction and he was showing me, you know, some of the baggage I was carrying and these wounds and things. And and I just felt like such a mess, but I was trying to protect everybody and myself, you know, from the mess, <laughs> you know. And so when he said that to me, like it was just this, flood of relief and there was so much just even healing and feeling like I have permission to be messy I have permission to go through this process and I'm not going to repel all the people around me (laughs) you know and the one closest to me my husband he's not looking at the mess and being disgusted because of it but he's just saying hey like we're all messy and it's okay I love you like you aren't your mess and but it's okay for you to be messy and to work through it because if you don't work through it, you're going to carry it with you forever, you know? So, so I love that. And I, I love the courage that it took you to be vulnerable, but how, you know, important that is because so often we don't recognize what we're carrying around. Mm -hmm. So do you have any tips for people who maybe don't have somebody like that in their life or have community in their life for how to find it not to put you on the spot or anything and it's okay for you to say no (laughs) or how to start being vulnerable maybe yeah I mean I feel like what you were saying about like just I feel like culture in general and even in the church creating a safe environment and where is like okay to be you know, in a mess. During this same time that I was kind of going through this process, there were like several prominent pastors that were also kind of going through their own mental health journey that were like very open with it. And honestly, that just gave me so much kind of validation and courage and like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like every person is, (laughs) you know, like, Mm -hmm. Like, there's not, like, you know, this untouchable group that, you know, just has it all together all the time. Yeah. So I feel like just having, building a community, I mean, I think maybe even just being a safe person helps you to find people that you can be safe with. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is so important. I think when you start being open, you might be surprised at how much, first of all, how well people receive it. Mm -hmm. Because so often we're so self-consumed and we 
think that people are paying so much more attention to us than they actually are. <laughs> you know, like they don't really care that much. I hate to break it to you, but they're not consumed with your life, you know, um, which is great because it means that you have a lot more freedom and permission than you realize. But also when you start being open, I think you'll be surprised at how many people then you're giving permission to be open to. And there is something about just existing in the light you know, it doesn't remove all the rest of the process, but it's like half of the process right there is just bringing it into the light. Mm -hmm. And then you're not having to hide it. You're not having to carry it anymore. And then there's so much more freedom. So I think that's so important. I get feedback all the time about the house where people say, we just love how honest you and Jamie are. And I think, well, if you know us, <laughs> there's no point in us trying to pretend like we're anything else, you know. And I, I don't really think there, hopefully, are a lot of pastors out there that are not being honest, you know. But I just think that probably, you know, in today's culture, we do have a lot more freedom than maybe they had before to be able to just be vulnerable and go, hey, we don't have to have all the answers we just have to have genuine hearts that are, you know, doing our best to walk with the Lord. And so um, so I think there's a lot, probably a lot more freedom out there for most people to be on their journey than they realize. As we do start to close now, though, I wanted to give you the opportunity to pray for everybody. Well, Lord, thank you that you are such a good shepherd. Lord, that, that when we walk with you, that you... Yeah, that you're just, you're, you care for us so much. And thank you, Lord, for just, for grace and for how kind you are to us in, in our process. That, that you don't shy away from our messes and you are just such a good father. And that you really are leading us from glory to glory. And so, Lord, I just ask for fresh grace for every person listening, Lord, that they would just feel so connected to you, Lord, that they would even be reminded, thank you, that you said that the Holy Spirit reminds us of what Jesus has spoken. So, Lord, I just thank you that that even if even if they're in a place of like, I, I don't know what the Lord is telling me to do, that the Holy Spirit is actually bringing reminders. And yeah, I just pray for just uh, that you would just bless their quiet times, Lord, their times in the scripture, Lord, that you would be just making it alive and, yeah, bringing, bringing conviction, bringing alignment and greater health to their whole being. Yeah, and I also do just pray for, just for healing, Lord, for areas that, yeah, that, that need just a touch from you, Lord, that bring your healing grace into hearts and souls. And, and I, I pray too, Lord, for just communities of authenticity and love lord that we would be a people that walk together um in kindness and truth lord that that there would be yeah that that we would be able to walk in the light together and encourage one another and keep each other accountable to the greatness that we've been called to thank you for each one and just pray for fresh peace fresh joy well, thank you all for joining us. Um, if you want more information about 
how to get connected to our monthly newsletter or other podcasts and show notes and all of those things. You can find those in the links um, below. Otherwise, I look forward to seeing you all back here next month. I also want to ask you to show Joanna some love and um, just share your testimonies that come out of this because I have great anticipation that her words are going to bring encouragement and freedom and um, and we would just love to hear what that looks like in your life. So um, so share that with us either in the comments or sending in an email or whatever works best for you. And, and bless you guys. Thanks again for joining us. See you next time. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can share it below and subscribe to the channel. You can also find Nicole Van Gelder on social media or through her website in the show credits. Thanks again for choosing Happily Ever After. See you next time.